0: Hi, Darcy. I'm Danny. Hi, Danny. I'm Darcy. It's so nice to talk to you today. Actually, Darcy is not in the office with me today. We are in separate locations. So I can't see her beautiful face balls today, but that's okay.
1: You can just picture my face balls. It's okay. (laughs) I
0: I picture them swinging in the wind, you know? They do. (laughs) So we are, uh, I'm actually, I'm just excited that we got to get this one done because I feel like it's like the consistency. I'm trying to really stay on it. So this, I'm glad we were able to come in and do that today. And today I am going to be talking about a case that I actually did a lot of research on because at one point I was starting like a YouTube channel where I would do a bunch of, you know, where I wanted to do um, reviews on cases and things. And it just was not panning out at the time but um so i have done a lot of research on this case uh and this is the case of sheila labar in epping new hampshire how how much do you know about it darcy do you know a whole lot or
1: um so i know that i've listened to a podcast on it before but i was also like i listen to podcasts in the morning when i'm working so yeah i don't really hear everything they say so i know i think i know like the gist of what happened yeah She's crazy, but it's it's wild. I yeah, I um,
0: I don't know how people do that. By the way, listen to podcasts while they work. I cannot. There's no point. I will retain no information. But
1: yeah, um, I, I remember a good <laughs> bit of information. But yes, yeah, some details are like fuzzy because I'll be focused on something and I'm not listening.
0: So ironically, this took place in Epping, New Hampshire, which is a pretty small place and it's more populated now than at the time, which was in the, um, early two thousands when everything, you know, took place and happened. But, um, oddly enough, I was actually working in Epping when the case went to trial. So I had worked in a bank and all the people would come in talking about it. So, um, it was definitely something that stuck with me and I remembered. And, um, so we're going to start with some back info on Sheila, because it's definitely applicable for this case. Um, she was born on July 4th, which I thought was ironically applicable as well, given the that we just had 4th of July. <laughs> and uh, she was born on July 4th in 1958 in Fort Payne, Alabama. Um, she does have an older sister, and uh, her name is Lynn, and they they did not have a good upbringing. Um, so I'm going to preface this by saying that there's a lot of um, potentially triggering information based on her childhood. So if that's going to be hard for people, then they might not want to listen. I'm not going to go into detail because I don't even like talking about it, but it's indicated. Um, so Sheila was born in Fort Payne, Alabama, and from a young age, she was abused by her father, um, in all the ways you can imagine. He was an alcoholic, so there was, you know, physical abuse in that sense, but there was also, um, unfortunately, sexual abuse, and not only that, but he thought it would be really cool to have, like, some buddies come to his house frequently and allow them to also abuse Sheila. So it's fucking disgusting. Absolutely horrific. Again, this comes down to how the fuck do these people meet people that are like, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. What the fuck? What kind of fucking groups are you part of that you meet up with people who aren't like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't get it. It's wild. It's so insane to me. I don't know. So do you know her sister was abused as well? I don't know. I know physically for sure like in the sense of like the abuse because he was angry and alcoholic, that sort of thing. But I don't know about the, the essay. Um, But I just, it's just one of those things where like, you know, you know, it's out there, you know, it happens, but you really do assume that it's just few and far between. And these kinds of things really make you understand how much more prevalent it is than you want to believe. Um, but her sister did testify um, in on the trial I saw her I saw a clip of her testifying about their childhood and she she was recalling a situation when her father had been really drunk, and he was outside. They had like a car port, so the car was uh inside the carport and I guess they were arguing over something and Sheila was actually trying to like protect her sister and her mother, and she um threw something at her father, and he took i guess back then they had like the oil cans like that would hold the oil for your car, mm-hmm. and he had taken that, and he had chucked that at Sheila to the point where like when it hit her, it actually like crushed in her fingers, mm-hmm. and they they ran from him, and he was obviously he was shit face so um, they ran from him to like a field that was like across the street or something like that. And they all laid in the field and hid out for hours waiting for him to, you know, come out of the situation. So it was not a good upbringing, obviously. It was really not Can good. You imagine having to no. run from your parent and how no, a- they're the person you're supposed to have for protection. Yeah. And that you're with your mom, you know, like, and I get it. Like, this was a different time as well where there was a little bit less empowering of women. She probably didn't feel like she could leave. Obviously, they were afraid of him. But I don't know, man. Once you see that shit happening with your kids, ah, I mean, I'd just go to jail because I'd kill him. So, you know, it's better than her living with him, though. (laughs) You know what I mean? I feel like back then it was just morally it was more accepted
1: by people that it was like ignored. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like like it just brushed it under the rug. Oh, yeah. Everyone Mm -hmm. just kind of accepted like
0: that's the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which
1: is so fucked up.
0: It is. Yeah. So um, in high school, she was actually referred to as firecracker because she was born on the 4th of July and she had that kind of a personality, um, which part of me is like, well, good for her for still being like a spunky person, you know, even with everything she went through. But she obviously was not okay. So we all know that. And she wasn't okay from the start because it just didn't start out good. And it's always so tough when you talk about these situations because you don't really feel bad for this person because she is crazy and she is an awful person, but it's safe to say we can see where that spawned from. And I do believe that it's kind of like a perfect storm. Like someone's probably genetically predisposed to having these kinds of issues where they could potentially become a killer like this, but also the environment they're in kind of brings that out almost like an autoimmune thing. That's kind of like my, um, I don't know, my uneducated assumption on it I just feel like it's like a combination of things so because there's plenty of people who've been through all kinds of shit and never did the things she's done but
1: well and that's why I asked if her sister was abused too because she as far as we know isn't a serial killer
0: yeah no yeah I don't I don't know I didn't look into it I probably could but um yeah I don't remember if uh if she was and nothing really states it it just says she was so I don't know But uh, in high school, right after high school, she wanted to desperately get out of their home for obvious reasons. And so she had started working like a part-time job and just wasn't making enough money. And she realized that in order to leave, she, in her mind, she needed to find a man. So she ended up marrying um, a man. uh, I'm trying to remember. There was actually two people and I'm... um, she married a man named Ronnie, and they didn't work out, although they seemed like a good fit, but they didn't work out. And she ended up also, shortly after that, very shortly after that, she married another man named John Baxter. This was in 1981. When she married him, he had a daughter because he was recently um divorced and now Sheila was a very pretty woman. I actually see a lot of people in like videos or things like that where they're like still waiting to see how pretty she was because people always say that because currently she's pretty rough looking. But she really was and when I do the up the YouTube video I will upload photos. She was a, a pretty young woman. And uh
1: Yeah. I mean she so, did she did look good in her younger days for sure. Yeah, she was it's an attractive
0: Yeah. Especially given the time she had like beautiful, thick, long hair, a nice body, you know, like your typical. Yeah. So she had, um, married this man. He had a daughter. I think she was, she wasn't like school age yet. So she was definitely young. And, um, because he was working, she had been staying home with his daughter and they were only married for a handful of, like a handful of weeks. I want to say six to eight weeks or something like that. And, uh, he found out from his daughter that after he would leave to go to work, Sheila would give her a special drink that made her sleepy and would put her in the closet for the entire day. So she didn't have to deal with her. So yeah. So of course being a good dad, he was like, fuck that and kicked her out immediately. So at this point, you know, time also continues to go by. She's again, desperate. She just wants to get out of Alabama. And this was of course in the eighties. So this was, uh, in 87, uh, an, an individual, a doctor from Epping New Hampshire named Wilfred or Bill is how he's referred to LaBar. He was a chiropractor. Um, he had been married previously, but, um, well he had been married twice, but his previous wife had passed away And he ended up putting in a personal ad, like a looking for love ad in like a newspaper or magazine or something like that. And she saw it. And uh, I just think that's, it's crazy to think of how that changed, how that's changed between now and then Yeah, (laughs) articles in magazines. But so she saw it and she reached out to him. And um, again, it's so quick to like automatically connect it to like how we do things now, but she ended up taking naked photos of herself and she was substantially younger than, than him, you know? So she had taken naked photos of herself and sent them to him. And, um, you know, he was like, yeah, come on up. So <laughs> you know? He's an old man who's like <laughs> pumped about this. Right. Yeah. And to top it off, I'm just sitting here going like I had read through it all right, and in my head I'm like, yeah, oh, naked photos, you know, nothing's changed, you know. Yeah. But then I'm like, this means that she took photos, went to like a freaking Walgreens or CVS, had them developed, so some Joe Schmo there's like, oh dang, <laughs> and then mm. mailed them. That's there was so no awkward. Internet, you know what I mean? It's so weird to think about it like that. So she comes up and she immediately moves in with him and. From then on, it was like she just kind of took over. She takes over essentially like his chiropractic business. She kind of gets most of the people fired there. She was running the office and um <laughs> running it to the te- ground. It sounds like yeah, yeah, telling everyone that she was married to him, and so she was going by Sheila Labar. They actually never were married. they never got married. they were co- it was like considered common law marriage at the at the time of his death, but she was never actually married to him. And, uh, there were people in the chiropractic office who had known him for a really long time and they were like, he was afraid of her. Like it was so obvious he was afraid of her. He would say things that, you know, indicated he would like to get out, but he said, he had actually said something one time saying she had too much on him, which they were like, I don't know what that could possibly mean. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like,
0: um, I wonder what she
1: could have possibly had on him. Well,
0: and it is interesting because when you find out more of the details, of the, the two individuals that um, are the victims, supposedly, in this case, when you find out more about them, it's like makes you question if she's just had been doing the same thing to him. Um, this woman should have been like in the military doing like, you know, interrogation because she would have been really great at that. <laughs> so... um he ended up passing away at 74 in 2000 from um, a heart attack. But even that, at this point now, people kind of question that. Like, he never really had issues before. Um, his will had been changed. So she was getting, I, I never even actually said, he lived on a, a horse farm. is a hundred and, I think it was a 118 acre horse farm. And so that's where she was living when he, when he passed away. Um, and that was hers now at this point. And so everyone in town knew who she was because she was like so flamboyant and like in everybody's faces. So they all knew who she was. Um, And so after he passed away, she was, you know, trying to find people to get in a relationship with. She was on some dating sites and she ended up coming across a profile for uh, a young man named Kenneth County. So Kenneth County was substantially younger than she was. He was born um i guess i don't know if i have his actual birthday but um he was 24 when they met and he met her on the the dating site but what she i I don't believe she knew obviously on a dating site or was that like through the paper too well this was 2006 so at this point it's now 2006 i guess it was a personal ad so i don't know what that means for sure, but that's what they've seen. Could have been Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and so he was from Massachusetts. So he was from Wilmington, Massachusetts. He was 24. And he moved in with her shortly after meeting her. Um Apparently, they met up and they, like, had sex in the car in a parking lot. And then he came back to her place. And that's kind of, he was staying there. The problem was he had a really low IQ, so he had tried to go into the military, but they had essentially said he couldn't. He had the IQ of like a 12-year-old, so he had a a disability, but he didn't like just look, it wasn't apparent from like when you first look at him. I'm sure once she started talking to him, she probably realized that. Um, But his mother being, you know, knowing how he had this, this disability, she knew that something was wrong, you know? So once he moved out and he moved in with Sheila, she was already concerned about the age difference and she had bad feelings about her. And so she did try to call the police department because she was not really getting in contact with him. She had been trying to talk to him and it was just very short. He wasn't really being communicative with her. And so she was concerned. However, the police yeah, yeah. And so the police did go to the farmhouse and He was there. They confirmed he looked fine, and he said he was there at his own will, and that was that, so they left. They can't really do anything, obviously, as an adult. So uh, more time passes, and the cops happen to be at the Epping Walmart, and they go in, and they they see Kenneth. He's there with Sheila, and he's in one of the, like, Walmart um, electrical riding carts, you know? And he's not looking good. Like he's got bruises everywhere. There is a photo. So I will put it on the YouTube video. There's a photo of him there because someone snapped it because they were concerned. He looked thinner. He just, he wouldn't even talk with them. They kept trying to ask him questions if he was okay. And he just refused to speak with them. Oh, wow. And this bitch (laughs) is leaving Walmart and they see her leaving Walmart with him. And what's stacked up on the cart on his lap? Fucking gasoline cans, right? Like multiples. <laughs> That's What's not like, suspicious. Right? Not suspicious at all. So, again, not really getting interaction with them. Um, they had a notification. Like, some. you know, they hadn't really talked to her for some time. They hadn't gone to the place. The mom still couldn't get in touch with him. And the cops got a call stating um, there was a call about being concerned about something at her property or something like that. So they decided to go, and when they get there, there's a fire, like the end of a fire, happening on her front lawn, right? So they walk up oh, and around on her front lawn, yep, mind you, this is like rural epping I've driven by there's really not much there. I mean it's different now because someone else owns that that land, but um. At the time, you know, it was just like this long road, nothing around it. So on the front lawn is like this kind of like smoking embers of a fire. And the officers go and they take a look and they see what looks like flesh and like a bone, like a joint, like a shoulder joint, right? In this burning. Yep. So they go to the front door and they kind of like go to like almost kick it down. And uh, it's open. And then they see her. She's in the driveway. And she's like, she asked them what they're doing. And says they could go in. So they all go in the house. They look around. And um, they don't see Kenneth. And they don't. Uh, but they. she said, yeah, he moved out. Oh, that's right. I apologize. So before they got there, before they got the call from the other person, she had actually called and said, because they were concerned before, she said, you know, he moved out. I just wanted to let you know, because I know you guys were like concerned about him. So she like called the cops to tell them that he had moved out. So when Um, they get there, right, suspicious, Suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) well, we all know she's loony. So, so they get there and they go inside and he's like, so there's a pair of like sneakers that were definitely his. They were brand new sitting in the, the like front room or whatever. And they said, well, why are his sneakers here? She goes, oh, those were new. I had bought them for him. He has his old ones. And he's like, and he knew the officer happened to know that she, he did have new sneakers because he was wearing them when they saw him at Walmart that day. So um, they go to look in the basement and there's the pair of brand brand new sneakers. So it was like a second pair, right? And they're like, well, what's up with that then? And she couldn't answer. So then she got pissed and told them, she she kicked them out and said they needed to leave because they didn't have a warrant. And so they had no choice. (laughs) So they left, got their warrant. By the time they got back, she was covered in ashes from kneeling down in this big, ash pile and at that point they couldn't find anything else uh they had bone fragments that would have to be tested but they couldn't find like the same thing they found when they first got there so they start uh doing you know looking at the whole property the the house and um they have obviously it's like 118 acres so there's a lot of a lot of land to try to (laughs) to go over yeah and uh while they were doing they ended up flushing the sewer system and while they were doing that a piece of paper pops out <laughs> and this piece of paper is the birth certificate of a gentleman named michael delage so they don't know who this is and they try to find out uh, <laughs> why gets the there yeah who he is and um no one reported him missing because he was homeless. So he had been at a homeless shelter and, um, Sheila found him there and brought him back to her place and said he could work with her on the farm and there'd be food and all that. And he was like, sweet. So we did. And no one saw him after that. That was the last time anybody saw him.
1: So, so far we have an old guy that she was never really married to, but common law married to,
0: a guy uh-huh.
1: with mental disabilities and then a homeless guy. So all people who are vulnerable. Correct. And can easily, more easily be made into victims. Mm-hmm. So she's sounding great. Yes.
0: And um, so, and I'm going to back up just a second. So when she called to tell them that he moved out, they had asked, you know, why, or she said something about Kenneth County being... um you know being an awful person they're like why you know and she said oh he was a pedophile i have i have a video or audio or something i recorded it i i have his confession i can show you right so they're like okay play it and so she has this audio where she's going why are you throwing up kenneth cut it out why are you throwing up and then she's like are did you abuse kids or blah blah and he eventually is like yeah you know and again this guy is a, a capacity of a 12 year old you know what i mean so imagine think about all those times you see like awful interrogations by officers who are like inputting information and the person ends up being like yeah because they just don't you know like they just don't have the ability to be like they're start questioning like did i just forget something that happened you know right so she has this audio whatever but then obviously they find all this other stuff so they're like what the fuck's going on so um they arrest her And at that point, so she was arrested on April 1st, 2006 and she was arrested for first degree murder and they did a three week search of the farm. Okay. (laughs) This part is fucking nuts, right? (sighs) Oh, I just like, it makes you like, I really wish more happened here. And unfortunately nothing else happened with this. And she's, Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, she's in prison for life. Um, But while they were searching the property, they actually found three human severed toes out by like a barn that did not belong to either Kenneth or Michael. So, and I would assume if, 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 yeah, and I would assume if Mr. Labar, Dr. Labar had passed away from a heart attack, he probably had, an autopsy. I'm sure they would have been like, what the fuck happened to his toes. So I'm pretty sure they weren't his. So when I had tried to do some more research on that possibility, apparently what has been said, and this is all just alleged, like, I don't think there's been anything proven, but people have said, and it would fall in line with her, you know, motive and and the other individuals. But apparently she would hire um, like foreigners or, you know, to, to come to the farm to work for her. And they would never be seen again. So there's question as to whether or not that was one of them or how many there actually were because they didn't have family here. So nobody really knows what could have happened to these people. So I assume who all actually men. knows. Yeah. And who actually knows whatever happened to them, you know? Yeah. Um, but this <laughs> I is. I have a pretty good idea. Yeah. And there was a video as well where she was doing the exact same thing with Michael DeLage trying to convince him that he was a pedophile. And so um, that's why I was saying, you know, we'll come back to the Dr. LaBar saying she had too much on him because it does make me question if just over the course of that long, if she had convinced him as well, that something he had done would be considered that way or whatever. He could have been a completely innocent person. Right. you know, when you're with someone day in, day night, day out, and like they're that kind of a person, you know, you start to go a little crazy. So, um, Sheila had, her trial was, uh, in May of 2008. Psychiatrists that tested Labar said she was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder and delusional disorder. um, James Brackett testified in court that he had been in a, an abusive relationship with her for six years. I, f- I believe this was after um, nothing really came of it, but I believe that this was after um, Dr. Labar's death. So he passed away in 2000 and she didn't uh, meet Kenneth County until 2006. So I'm pretty sure it was that time frame yeah. that she was dating this other man for a while. I'm um, she didn't kill him. I know. She had an other ex-husband Wayne Innes, who's not really talked about. It. You really can't find anything on it. I think he specifically is asked to not really be connected or, you know, involved, but he had also claimed that she asked him to kill um Mr. Labar, the doctor. So, hello. Um interesting. Mhm. I don't know why like that. I mean, at this point what other than giving you know, closure to family. And I don't know if you, she's already in prison. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, do you go that route and have these people think he died in a hor- horrific way when she's already going to be in prison for life? I don't know. Um, But his daughter did claim that Sheila had threatened to shoot people. She said she always disliked Sheila and she had warned her father against being in a relationship with her numerous times. So... Um, she did plead not guilty by reason of insanity, which was obviously rejected by the jury. And, um, I love that people
1: still try this too, though. Like they (laughs) tried the whole insanity thing. It never works. Newsflash to anybody out there.
0: It like never works. Um, we talked about it too. I forget which, which case we were talking about it, but yeah, I mean, if you have the ability to know that you should be hiding something and you're trying to cover something up, then you don't, you can't say that you didn't know or were insane because if that were the case, you'd just be like, yeah, I killed him. Ha, ha, ha. You know, like that's insane. Right? You wouldn't be hiding it because you wouldn't know it was wrong. Um, what's that movie with uh, such a good freaking movie. It was like the first movie I ever um, fell in love with. Uh, um, oh my gosh. What's his name from fight club? The nerdy guy, uh, Edward Norton. Yes, I was like, I knew it was Edward. Um, That movie, though, uh, where he pretends to be insane? I don't know. Oh, my God. If you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. Uh, Is it called, is it Double Jeopardy or is that a different one? Double Jeopardy is with Ashley Judd. Okay, so it's a different one. Uh, Because I think it's... I mean, I gotta find it. So, um, but he does it like we're saying, like where he basically is saying, yeah, I, I, I did that. I think, you know what I mean? Like he does it right. But at the end it's such a good movie. You gotta see it. You see, it. I gotta find the name of it. I'm sure everybody who'd be listening to this is going to be like, uh, I know it and you're wasting my time, but, I wonder if um,
1: seen it, But I just can't think of it right now. It's so
0: good. He's in it with someone else, too. I'm trying to think of who else he was in it Well, with. I would hope that he's not the only one in the movie. <laughs> no, someone else, like, really popular. <laughs> um, yeah, he plays such a good, like, supposedly crazy person. And I'm trying to think if it's Richard Gere or if it's someone else. There's Fight Club, Rounder is such a good movie. Primal Fear. Oh, okay,
1: yes. I know that I've Richard seen it. Richard Gere. Though. It is Richard Gere, yeah. Um
0: he does a good job playing the what you would assume would be someone who literally is crazy and doesn't know any better. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, yeah. So she was found guilty life in prison, obviously. So that's kind of it. That's the end of it. I actually, when I was doing this research initially, I was trying to reach out to Kenneth County's mother because she was, she's been very outspoken about it. And I just wanted to like kind of, touch base with her if I was able to to get like a general idea of like if she was okay with us covering it you know I know it's public information but I thought it was the right thing to do but I just couldn't get in touch with her so um but she did she had you know she spoke obviously at the trial and you know knowing that your child was developmentally delayed and was taken advantage like this uh I can't I just can't wrap my head around it I don't know how people can be so awful but she was raised pretty awful. So it's interesting. So
1: she was sexually abused as a, as a child, obviously by men. And then she became a female serial killer and only killed men
0: that we know of at least. So, but her justification was that she made them believe they were pedophiles.
1: Right? So it makes you wonder if, if she really believed for whatever reason, that they were pedophiles, or if that was mm-hmm. her just trying to justify it in
0: her own mind, I believe, um, or just her excuse. Yeah, I believe that she thought that basically all men were like. I think that yeah. delusion. That's probably where that delusion, like um, diagnosis, delusional yeah. disorder, came into play, because she genuinely she stated during the trial that she believed that she was put on earth like that she spoke with god and that she was put on earth to rid the men that are pedophiles like she that's what she thought she was here to do yeah it is sad
1: that like because of the trauma she experienced that that's what she resorted
0: to Mm -hmm. but she admitted to killing them by the way to both michael and kenny she didn't admit to anybody else but she did admit she murdered them like she had to have known what she was doing was wrong. Like at the end
1: of the day, you're still right. an adult, you're a grown woman. Yes. you Right. Trauma as a child, but you know, right from wrong and to still go forward with that, like getting revenge on those men doesn't fix what happened. It doesn't change right. what you went through.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where it comes into play. Like a good, uh, you know, cause obviously looking at it from this point of view, you do think, well, Does this apply in the she was crazy and didn't know what she was doing? But I obviously she knew it was wrong. We know that because she was trying to cover it up. Um, And I think it really comes down to being like she knew it was wrong, but her craziness, she literally was like, no, God wanted me to do it. Like she knew it was wrong per earth laws. You know what I mean? But in her mind, she had a destined, you know, job to do. Um, and it is weird. Cause like, if you look at the pictures of her during the trial, she is just weird. Like she's like smiling at people. Like she definitely seems crazy. I mean, we know she's kind of crazy, but yeah, it's, 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 it was crazy, especially given at the time there was like 7,000 people who lived in Epping. Yeah. Oh, funny, funny story. I wanted to say, actually, I, this made me think of when I worked in Epping and, uh, it's a really small place. Okay. So anybody who's not from around here, we, I worked at the bank of America. It was on main street. It's like Epping's like a mile long, you know, (laughs) in that sense. And so we would always get people come in and, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, but the saying is Epping center of the universe. That's what they all say. Oh, Epping's the center of the universe. Right. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? (laughs) Cause I was like, I got to look this up. Cause I kept thinking, Oh, Epping center of the universe. And, um, I looked that up to find out where it came from. So back in the day, way back in the day, there was a gas station that was in Epping and apparently it was there for like just forever. It's closed now, but at the time it had been there for basically all of Epping's existence. And, um, there was this guy who would hang out at the gas station with the owner because they were friends and he would just be there like chilling, you know, like that person. Think Kevin and Kevin Smith and, you know, Jay and Silent Bob. (laughs) So, Um. apparently one day he just said Eppin, center of the universe and they thought it was hilarious and so it kind of like became a thing where they would say it to everybody and obviously this was a gas station a lot of people went to so it it just kind of became a thing everybody said so they started making bumper stickers yeah, yeah for cars and uh It got to a point where the guy who had coined the phrase had been in, like, a a different New Hampshire city and was in line at, like, a Walmart or something, and he overheard someone say Epping. and He goes, they actually said, did you know that they actually figured out that Epping is technically the center of the universe? (laughs) And he's, like, dying. Like, this is so funny, right? (laughs) like, that's actually not true. (laughs) I made that shit up, you know? So it's it's funny because I would come... Yeah, when I came, when I moved to that banking center, people would be like, "Oh, new person, welcome to Epping Center <laughs> of the Universe." You know, like they always said it, and it was so funny. So once that gas station closed down, they actually um, started having like I think you can still go to like the city hall and get an Epping Center of the Universe bumper sticker. Like they still have them at the city hall, which I think is awesome, and I hope that's true because I would Should love to have one. Should we buy one for Sheila LaBar and send it to her in jail? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well it was funny because you know you i had mentioned her nickname was firecracker growing up but she also had a nickname in epping because she was nuts and apparently whenever like delivery drivers would go to her house with like a package like ups she would greet them at the door in like a robe but then she would just drop a robe and, like be naked uh uh-huh. fucking lunatic so people started calling her sheila the peeler and i'm like well that doesn't rhyme right sheila the peeler it doesn't rhyme but then it's like oh but if you said it like you were from eppin sheila the peeler it does rhyme (laughs) so it's sheila the peeler a h at the end problem solved because that that was also her nickname (laughs) all the delivery drivers like what the? this lady's fucking nuts oh dropping off a package at sheila the peeler's house (laughs) oh god that's just so,
1: I don't know. I want to say ballsy to do something like that.
0: Like, the whole thing is, like, I am i don't think they have. Because after all the research I did, I would think I would run into it. But how has there not been a movie? Like, a like a real movie? Like, there's been, like, yeah. lifetime shit. Like, I don't, I don't think there's been anything substantial. But, like, how is there not a movie on this crazy, crazy, insane lady? Because be it would be such a, like, you could have a full-length, full-on movie on her. Oh, for sure.
1: With all the details of everything. I want, I know that it's owned by someone else now, so it's yeah. not like we can just go there, but I really
0: would like to go explore that yeah. property. Not
1: because I want to find It is a farm. Pieces, and I, but...
0: So I had tried, I did drive by and I did try and find specifically where it was and this was like a year ago. And I was like, I, I couldn't pinpoint it because nothing looked exactly the same. So I don't even know if the building was let, like taken down and redone or what, or if I just wasn't yeah. quite in the right spot. We're talking about rural new hampshire so like google maps could have been off by like a quarter mile maybe i had to go down a turn i didn't know about but they actually speaking of that they had a long road and prior to michael delage being killed someone did see him stumbling what they thought he was drunk down her road towards the main road with a gash in his head and he was mumbling and the only thing he would say was sheila over and over again but she must have come and got him and nobody, like, that was that. Like, it was like, crazy. I feel like it was one of those, like, here he is, half dead. And she's like, oh, get in the car. He's just stupid. You know? And then, yeah. oh, let's go kill him. <laughs> like, it's so fucking crazy. It really, it's just probably one of the craziest ones that's happened in New Hampshire. And, it uh, is,
1: Especially when you think about it, like, female serial killers are so rare yeah. to begin yes. with. And then New Hampshire of all places. Yeah. I know we've said this before in other episodes, like, have it's sure like everybody food, knows but... about
0: Sheila. I mean, everybody knows about Pamela Smart, you know. I actually was that just was watching one of the, the theater first... theater this morning. Oh, really? How funny. Um, that was my school, actually. Um, yeah. But she was like the first publicized like on television. Yeah, the trial, trial. Which is why that was so big. But even still in comparison to Sheila Labar, it's like small potatoes. <laughs> Right. Like, I mean, okay. it's still an awful thing, but it's not even remotely to the same insanity levels as yeah. Sheila Labar. And so I am really just surprised. It. Like, even when you look on YouTube, there's only a couple of videos about it. There is a book. Um, I don't know if I can find it now, but there is a book that a local um, guy wrote about the case. But um, oh, there's one called The Burn Farm, but that's not what I was thinking of. Um. Oh, wicked intentions. That's the book, by Kevin Flynn. Um, and he, so you can find a lot of videos of him talking about it because he spent so much time researching it. But and there are videos of them when they go into her home to do the initial like walkthrough. and it looks like clean. You know, like it's kind of like, it's kind of almost like a. Um. Oh my God! Like, there's a lot of shit. What am I thinking? Of? Cluttered. Yeah, but what's that like? Almost like a hoarder, kind of like yeah. that. Um, but they didn't see anything out outward that was like, oh, she killed someone in here. But then afterwards, they had done like with lights and whatever, and they did find like blood spatter and stuff. So, but yeah, that's Sheila Labar.
1: She's crazy. She's,
0: <sighs> She's a lunatic. Yeah, She's
1: right where she should be.
0: <laughs> yes, she is. So at least we can say that justice was served in that sense. So yeah, but yeah. Darcy, I do there's you have so a, much more, too, that we don't oh, know. I, that's what I mean. Like, I wish there was more digging into, like, those freaking toes. Like, does nobody want to try to find out who that is? Like, I do. Like, I mean, and who knows? Did that person actually die? Or are they just out there with, like, what? That just made me think of the big Lebowski with the toe yeah. in the mail. <laughs> and then she has all her toes. And, like, it wasn't even her, you know? Like, but I'm just thinking, is there someone out there or somewhere out there with, like, her missing toes, you know? Some yeah. Guy. But... Yeah, I mean, and how many could there have been, for all we know? Like, she was in the middle of nowhere. Nobody paid attention. They just thought she was crazy, Sheila. Yeah. I Like, think even the cops more. said to the mom, like, yeah, she's kind of, like, eccentric, but she's not, she's harmless. That's what I uh, said, initially. I disagree. <laughs> I'm going to say no on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, do you have a missing person we can cover? I do.
1: Sweet. So... There aren't any new ones from last week, which is Yay. good. Um, the one we're going to talk about today is Wyatt Safford. His current age is 25. He was reported missing on April 6th of 22. And at that time, he was 23. Um, the investigating agency is Franklin Police Department. He has brown hair, brown eyes. He's 6'3", 290
0: to 350 pounds. Ooh, that's
1: a tall um, man. And he, he's white. Um, he left a friend's home to meet someone in Concord, New Hampshire, and his phone is now off and his, he has not been heard from since. So this one just struck me as like super suspicious because he's yeah. an adult male. He's 6'3", between 290 and 350 pounds, so he's not a small guy by any means. I was going to say, that's someone you would see, like
0: yeah, recognize, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how easy would it be to like snag somebody like that up? Right. So, so weird. It just makes like,
1: what the hell happened? How could somebody like, not that yeah. little people are easier to make go disappearing, but I mean, you
0: got to be, I mean, big.
1: Yeah. To but you'd think, over- you gotta think, you got to think like self
0: defense wise. Yeah. You would yeah. think, see, it is so tough, right? Because this is kind of like what we go back to when we were talking about how sometimes there are cases where it seems like the cops are doing nothing. But if it's an adult person that can just leave on their own you know what I mean? Like that's why sometimes when they don't say someone's been missing for a period of time and everybody gets up in arms about it, it's like, well, if the officers are like, well, they, it seems like they left off, you know, out of free will. It's so hard to tell, you know I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's weird, but well, it's definitely, definitely
0: a strange one. Do you have the phone number for that so we can get it? I'll put it on the YouTube video too, but
1: yes. so, If you believe you have any information, you can call anonymously to 603 223 3859. Perfect. And I think that'll do it for today. I don't think it will. It won't. (laughs) Nope. I'm sending you a message. Right <gasps> oh, now.
0: you're right. Oh my gosh. It's like it says she's typing. What's she typing? Yay. That. Thank you. Um, so we are actually really excited um uh, because we have gotten our first affiliate um what, I guess, affiliate code for uh the podcast. And I'm actually equally as excited because of the fact that it's liquid IV because I freaking love that shit. I have said it, I actually I it right now. It. On, yeah. <laughs> I actually posted about it on Facebook one time because I was like, I just, I mean, it, it definitely gives me more liquid intake. I can confirm that I drink because it's so good. I've tried numerous flavors long before we ever had this affiliate uh, connection with them. But It was very exciting to get this offer. And um, let's see here. So with liquid IV, there's numerous different options. So if anybody hasn't tried it before, there's like extra hydration. There's ones that are, um, you know, for energy or for sleep uh, support. And so obviously I've tried it. I love it. My favorite flavors are grape and watermelon. Um, but I haven't had one that I don't like. I've liked all of them. I don't know how many you've tried Darcy, but I know you said everyone at your office likes, like loves it.
1: Yeah. I got the the first time I tried it. I got a variety pack so that I could try like, uh, several of the flavors and Mm -hmm. I loved all of them right now. I'm drinking the immunity booster one. And I think that one's wild berry and it's, I haven't tried those.
0: Yeah, I tried. I did get the sugar-free ones this time, which I hadn't tried. I think they're new, so I was excited to try that. And then I got watermelon because it's, like, my favorite. But um, Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing from your daily routine. Just one stick, you'll get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. You can use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, if you're feeling run down, after a long night out, and on like maybe long flights, things like that. Um, I can attest, I I get pretty severe headaches when I'm dehydrated. And if I, usually if I have if I have just water and I've got to like pound the water to try to get rid of the headache, I still need to take like ibuprofen or something. It doesn't seem to kick in very quickly, but I have taken the liquid iv when i've been dehydrated and it has improved my headache much faster than just water alone so i do believe that that is pretty solid uh solid information there so that being said uh if you would like to get 20% off you can go to liquidiv.com you can use our code best code on the face of the earth by the way <laughs> i love it so the much code <laughs> me too i was laughing so hard the code you can use to get 20% off at Liquid IV is OSHART. Yes, folks, you heard that right. O H S H A R T. It's quite amazing. <laughs> and that will get at checkout and that will get you 20% off anything you order. Um, so shop better hydration today. Use our offer code OSHART at liquidiv.com. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I am too. And if you
1: have not tried it, you need to. I will say It really that- is so delicious. <laughs>
0: It is. It's not only is it
1: good though, but I've used it after workouts to like kind of replenish. Yeah, and I've also used it, or I guess drank it when I've been hungover, <laughs> and it does help. I was curious so. about
0: that because I don't drink much, so like being hungover is not like a thing I because I because I absolutely hate being hungover. So it kind of makes me yeah. like want to give it. A, well, I think I don't know if I'd mentioned it on the podcast at all, but if I drink wine of any sort or beer of any sort, I literally will get like a hangover headache. Within a half an hour of having it, I could drink hard liquor all night long and have no hangover, (laughs) but wine or beer, forget about it. So I am kind of curious. Like, usually, if I'll have like any of my wine spritzers, I'll have a bottle of water with it because I'm like, if I didn't have enough water today, I'm going to screw, be screwed in a half hour. I'm going to feel like shit. So, because they're tasty and I want to drink them. But now I'm like, oh, I wonder if I pound some liquid IV beforehand because, you know, like those, the seltzers, like the seltzers, they're low in carbs and um, I'm looking for that right now. So if this stuff helps and the seltzers, I can have those without getting a headache, I'd be pumped. So I'm going to, think we need to gonna have to research this. We're going to some alcohol <laughs> if you we'll have good. to bring some. Yeah. Eddie actually <laughs> discovered um, a New Hampshire um, spiked seltzer company. It's like 603 something. Yes. I've, I've been, been drinking those. them. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. And so I'll have to, um, I'll have to bring some liquid IV to the office and a couple of those and see see how it is. And yeah, record that way maybe. That would be fun. Yeah. Especially if it was like a paranormal one or something fun that's not as serious as murder. Murder. Yeah. Murder. So. Murder. Run, <laughs> murder. <laughs> All right. And just to also... Um, throw it out there again. If you haven't checked it out, check out Paranormal Slumber Party. You can find us currently on Facebook. We're working on a website. We don't have it now. We do have a current location on the books for August 18th. It's Wilson Castle in Vermont. This place looks amazing. There's tons of YouTube videos of other investigators going there. There's lots of activity there's I cannot wait. numerous accounts of full-body operations being in photo- photographs that people took, like, of their kid, not even thinking about, you know, whether they were trying to snag a picture of something. So, um, yeah. really, really cool. We're going on August 18th. There's still spots available. If you'd like to try and snag a spot, find us on Facebook and let us know. And if um, we don't be that dick that just shows up there to try to yeah. we'll make us think something's
1: going on just because, you know, we're planning on going there because...
0: We'll get rid of you real quick. Just saying. (laughs) Are you there? My phone was ringing. So it's like also connected to my headphones, which I didn't realize. So my bad. Super my bad. You didn't hear it ringing, right? No, I didn't. Word. All right. Cool. So, yeah, that's it. That'll do it.
1: All right. That'll do, pig.
0: Bye, shart heads. Bye, sharty faces. We love you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.